Hi, this is Annie from the Smithsonian American Art Museum's Loose Foundation Center. Since 2011, we've hosted Loose Unplugged, a free monthly concert series that celebrates the work of local musicians. Now we are partnering with Hometown Sounds to bring you tracks from DC artists we love. For more on Loose Unplugged, visit americanart.si.edu slash loose slash unplugged. There you'll find a complete list of Loose Unplugged artists, videos of past performances, and artist interviews on our blog, iLevel. We look forward to welcoming you back to the museum once it's safe to hold concerts again. Until then, stay well, stay in touch, and enjoy these tunes from our neighbors in the DMV. Hey, we're Flower Bomb. And this is the Loose Listening Party. Presented by Hometown Sounds.
Hey, welcome back to Hometown Sounds. We show you how DC rocks. I'm Tony Fereco. And I'm Paul Vodra, and this is the Loose Listening Party, presented with our friends at the Loose Foundation Center in the Smithsonian American Art Museum. They have hosted the Loose Unplugged live music series since 2011. And while we are on pause for this crazy pandemic, we have partnered with them to bring interviews and listening parties with some of the artists that we would love to feature on that series. And we are very excited this month to bring on to the podcast Flower Bomb. Welcome, welcome, Flower Bomb. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. Thanks for having us. Yeah. We're excited to be here. Please introduce yourselves to the listening audience. Uh, I'm Rachel. I write the songs and sing and play guitar in Flower Bomb. I'm Danny VH. I play drums and some other stuff on recordings, and I produce our music. And that song you just heard was Sorry from Flower Bomb's 2020 release, Pretty Dark. Rachel, on the lyric, think I need some drugs, first I need some friends. Can you tell me about uh, how you came to that very apt uh, realization? Yeah. <laughs> um, so the song is basically just about kind of like the monotony of like going through every day after experiencing a traumatic event or multiple traumatic events and kind of feeling like every day is the same and not really wanting to do that same day every day, kind of like a Groundhog's Day situation. Um, and so I guess that was just kind of me in my head going through coping skills like, oh, uh, when people feel this way, they do drugs. Well, I don't even have people in my life to do drugs with. Um, and so it was kind of just this, it's like a cheeky way of saying a kind of really sad <laughs> realization that I had at that point in my life. Um, when I didn't really have great relationships. Uh, it was one that made me laugh all last year. Thank you. <laughs> oh, I'm glad. <laughs> so how did the two of you come together to be in this band and be making this music together? Yeah, so um, I met Dan when I was 15. So I uh, started doing open mics at the lab, which is actually the building we're at right now. And this is where we now have our practice space, where we're currently recording demos. And when I was in high school, there were open mics and I met Dan there and he became a mentor to me. Um, and throughout high school and my early 20s, I volunteered at the lab and we did shows there. And then I went off to college and then came back for the summer and I'd written a bunch of new songs and I was like who wants to to be in a band with me for the summer to play these songs and I was so shocked that Dan was like I'll play drums for you because I looked up to Dan so much I, I still do but we we have a different relationship now than we did then and I and yeah we've been playing together ever since what became what was originally just supposed to be something for the summer ended up turning into a what, I guess it's been six years <laughs> of us making music together. Uh, he recorded my first EP uh, when I was in my senior year of high school. So we have a really long history together. I read that Flower Bomb enjoys eating tater tots. Oh, uh, yeah. This is very true. And I wanted to ask, how do you dress your tots? What, what's going on top of the, those, those bad boys? They're never good boys, by the way. Have you noticed that? <laughs> <laughs> it's like depends on what day of the week i can can i i'm gonna answer first because i'm please. super excited about it. we literally were just eating dinner before we got on this podcast talking about 
tater tots who we were talking about our favorite foods and then i think we finally ended with like tater tots uh love of ours i like to dress mine in a uh, new thing i've been using at home with my air fryer i got an air fryer during during uh covid and it was one of those purchases where like have it on black friday i was like oh this is so stupid no this is i hate this and then my girlfriend's like what did you just buy i'm like just got us an air fryer baby and then i got the air fryer so i've been making my tots in it and my new favorite thing is this like Hidden Valley Ranch makes this thing called Secret Sauce, which I'm sure it's just like ketchup, mayonnaise, and sriracha. It's awesome. I love that on there, but I also love doing tachos. I can dip my tots into anything, but right now, Secret Sauce by Hidden Valley Ranch is my jam. Well, we were also just talking about um, hard times, so that's on my mind. And so Dan and I, like before the pandemic, we used to always go to hard times and Anyone that knows us knows we can eat like we um, we love food and we love eating together. So, yeah, we love going to hard times. And I would always get the tater tots with the vegetarian chili and cheese and sour cream. So good. The fixins. <laughs> <laughs> so you mentioned the lab and I know that the lab is affiliated with Convergence. Can you tell us where where are these places? Uh, it's a little bit off the beaten path, and and some people in the DC music scene or elsewhere might not know even where it is or, or what the what it's all about. So tell us about the history of these places. Yeah, absolutely. What what is the lab? <laughs> yes, that's a great question. So I work at an organization, a nonprofit, uh, which is a church restart. It's called Convergence, and basically, in a nutshell. It is basically a church for artists, and it's about faith and creativity and that intersection uh, of life. And uh, so that this is where I work at. And the lab was a place that our uh, director, Lisa Smith, and her husband, uh, Jay Smith, had started. And the whole idea was this this building was an old church that was built in 1945. It uh, became a, uh, a a Christian school, I guess, in the 80s or 90s. And then when the church restart happened, Lisa basically turned this entire center as the lab. She would call it the incubation uh, center. So this is where uh, artists would come in of faith or not of faith to cut their teeth, if you will, and to work with other artists. So back in the day, uh, they were running shows here and I wanted to get up on that, but I wanted to work with younger people and uh, give them a space and all ages uh, sort of platform and to build a close and diverse uh, community and um, teach people how to run shows and book shows and proper etiquette of shows. And then that spawned into a bunch of other stuff. So in a nutshell, and the truth is that Convergence is the lab. And because there's three, uh, two buildings, uh, the main building, uh, which we actually just moved out of due to COVID. So we actually had to move out of there and we were actually running that space to a different church. And now we moved like 15 years of items into the lab. And that's where we're at today. And, and where, where in the area is this located? It's right off of Quaker Lane. It's so crazy too, because when we used to run so many shows here back in the day, it's basically like two and a half miles from the Pentagon. It's literally right off the 395 where Sherlington exit is. So it's uh, right after the Glebe Road. So we, we used to always talk about this too when um, we would always go to DC shows. They're like, why would no DC people come to our shows? They started to, because you can catch a bus from Pentagon and come straight here and be the first stop. But it's it's super close actually. It's right off, it's right off the highway. And there's parking, unlike DC. <laughs> <laughs> Rachel, 
I read that in middle and high school, you were an athlete. Yes. <laughs> what were your sports? Um, I was a soccer player. I also did like track in the uh, off season, but yeah, I was a pretty competitive soccer player up until up until like when I was started coming to the lab and playing music. I was like, yeah, this is this is much more me. Um, and so, Sorry. so <laughs> yeah, it's Dan's fault. <laughs> no, it was just like at that time, like as a teen. I needed a space where I could really like express myself and I didn't feel like athletics was a place where I could truly do that in the way that I could with music. So it ended up just being kind of a no brainer for me. When you were playing sports, what music would you listen to to get pumped up? Oh man, that's a great question. Um, In high school, like I was just really into like pop punk and like <laughs> my chemical romance and panic at the disco like that stuff i was so into it green day um me and my dad would listen to it in the car on the way to soccer games and we like bonded over that music so it was fun so you've spoken in the past about how you chose the name flower bomb why was it important to you to evoke the concept of femininity and to challenge it yeah um so for me, like a lot of the a lot of the themes in the songs that I write and that we create together have to do with my life experience. And a lot of the things that I like to write about are gender and sexuality and specifically something that I end up, I guess, challenging through my writing is femininity and what that means and kind of my experience with womanhood and and kind of just figuring out what that means for me. And I don't know, I think a lot of times like women or feminine people are expected to be this like delicate thing. And like being delicate is necessarily a bad thing. Like I think it's a beautiful thing, but I also think there's this other part of me that was wanting to also destroy that idea at the same time. So I think it's just like, it's a name that like fully encompasses kind of the themes that I choose to write about. Pretty dark, your very good 2020 record. You spoke a bit about some of the themes and I, I describe it as a record that's uh, kind of about processing of tough stuff. Pivoting to happier states of mind, how do you feel safe? Wow, that's a that's a really big question. Um, I think, well, we've been in here uh, in the studio all day writing demos, and um, I feel really safe here. I think Dan and I have like this just really like amazing musical and non musical relationship um, that's really unlike any other. Um, I feel safe in uh, queer spaces around other queer people. Um, yeah, I don't know. There, I, I feel like actually this year I've been really discovering a lot of new ways to feel safe, especially, um, with the pandemic and everything. There's a lot of relearning and figuring out, um, what feels good. <laughs> Let's hear another song from Flower Bomb's album, Pretty Dark. This one's called Kama. Think wear it on Never wanna be the 
That was Comma, another track from Flower Bomb's 2020 album, Pretty Dark, which actually received the Washington Area Music Awards designation as Best Rock Album. Nice job, y'all. Congrats. Yeah. Thank you. We're so proud to be recognized like in D.C. among so many other talented musicians. It was really, really a cool experience. Yeah. Very surprising. We were really, it was very humbling. Absolutely. Yeah, that had to have been a high point with releasing this album. Uh, I'm sure that it did not go as you had planned uh, with a lot of album releases that kind of had to go without, you know, an album release show and all sorts of stuff like that. So, so what's it been like releasing this album and playing some, you know, live streams on the internet during this pandemic time? How's that all been for you guys? It's been interesting. Uh, We've had to learn a lot about how to engage with people in a much different way. Dan and I spent a lot of time over the pandemic uh, learning about music business, which was something that we never really spent time doing before. How did you do that? How do you learn about music business? I'd like to know for myself. (laughs) Um, We just spent a lot of time researching on the internet. We got a bank account. Um, (laughs) We, (laughs) yeah, I mean... It was is definitely like a just a process of like figuring out like what do we need to know? How do we need to protect ourselves? How do we reach people during a time when we can't play shows? Because that was really like our live shows were like really how we engaged with people. Our energy during live shows people felt. And so something during the pandemic that we struggled with was we were trying to figure out how to we how do we transfer that energy when we can't see people in person. So yeah, we had to we had to figure out a lot of stuff. I mean, we were recording pretty dark. It has been like a four-year process. So it was like, we have to release this album. Like it is time. And so we're gonna we're gonna figure out how to release it during this pandemic. And I think Despite the struggles, there's also been some really amazing things, um, some silver linings. People have been really wanting to buy vinyl, uh, really wanting to support us through merch because they know they can't come to shows. And yeah, I, f- I feel like we've really felt the support from far away, uh, even when we haven't been able to share that energy in person. I When I think of business, it was it's basically everything except for playing shows and writing music, right? And like at some point that's all we were doing and we worked on this record for so long like for so long like every song every second of music was so purposeful and it took a really long time to do so when the pandemic happened and we couldn't play shows and and we were sitting on the record and the record was done like it was done and we were literally like trying to figure out who was going to put it out we're going to self-release it and and then when this happened it was like maybe these are the questions we should answer and that's what we started doing right when the pandemic happened, how to push the record. What the heck does shopping a record even mean? And what do we do about exposure? You know what I mean? I mean, we learned a bunch of stuff. And so when we, I mean, I think in business, it's anything but playing and writing music. So it's everything but but that. And we, we worked, I feel like we worked harder this past year in just that capacity than as a, as a fully functioning band writing music. I do think a silver lining, I don't like saying silver lining about COVID, but I mean, like, you know what I mean? Yeah, totally. But I think it has been something that sort of pushed everyone's game when it comes to like devices kind of forward and up. 
And I think that that's a useful thing to just be comfortable with how to put yourself and your art together out immediately in some in some form or fashion. For sure. And also like accessibility was a huge thing, too, where it's like people who could never come to our shows are finally able to actually like I have family like in Texas and New York and like all over the place. And they were able to see us for the first time. You know, people who aren't able to always come to venues because they're not accessible or shows are at a time during work or whatever. It's like, oh, this is this is a way that everyone can join. And that felt really cool. Yeah, I definitely hope that the live streams as as different as they are to the live music experience and and the the energy you get from the crowd that you don't have that in the live streaming but it it has its own benefits and i i hope that a lot of bands and dj's and whatever continue doing that stuff even as things open up again cuz yeah it uh, it it provides some cool accessibility where we didn't have that before especially cuz a lot of venues spend a shit ton of money to get equipment to actually do live shows And we really hope that when they open up publicly, they can still do that. So people at home and plus, like it's a win win for everyone because then it's more accessible, more ticket sales. But I think that's cool because then you can watch a a concert in D.C. and live in Bozeman, Montana. I think that's cool. I, 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 I hope we do keep some of these things that that we were surviving on for the past 17 months, because I, I think it is very cool. It was a little weird to get used to. But once you got used to it, it's really cool. I also hope that streams will develop the value of of being worth like a ticket price. I think, you know, through the pandemic, it emerged as, oh, this is something I can do. Some nights I don't feel like schlepping out to a crowded 930 club and I'd rather stay in. Like if I if I could just catch it at home, like that's cool. That'd be all right. Yeah, for sure. For sure. And I really felt that way. Although Rachel and I just saw Japanese breakfast at Fillmore last week and we both walked in and we watched the show and we were just looked at each other like this is the best thing ever. It was so awesome. And then as soon as it was over, it's like we got to get out of here. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Let's hear another song that Flower Bomb has selected for us from the greater DC music universe. This is Spring Silver.
from the 2019 album The Natural World. That was Spring Silver with a song called Hypnotist. Spring Silver is the music of Kay Nakanza, who, yes, does reside in Silver Spring. Nakanza describes their music as queer metal, post-emo, and they-them-core. Flower Bomb. How'd you get to know Spring Silver? Well, uh, we played a show with them. It was like the best set ever. Like we were all just like floored. And I remember having a conversation with someone, uh, one of my friends there, and they were like, this this reminded me why, of why I love live music. And I was like, I feel the exact same way. And it was like, I don't know, that song in particular, like I went home and I was like, I need to listen to that song. Spring Silver will actually be opening for Barty Strange, the guest of our last Loose Listening Party episode. That show is Sunday, September 19th at Union Stage. Also on the bill is Spud Cannon, which is a very good band name. Flower Bomb, if each of you were a superhero, tell us what your name would be and what your superpower would be. (laughs) Wait, didn't we have? We totally like had a thing. Like in the early like level ages days with soup. Do you remember this? Yeah, you called me Superman. Yeah, but like But soup. But like soup, like cans of soup. I don't even remember where it came from. You made me a t shirt. But I don't remember like what what the joke was. Because we used to talk about soup or something. Oh, I think we talked about like throwing cans of soup at people. Oh yeah, that's what it was. (laughs) (laughs) Like people who came into shows that were being jerks were like, Well just throw soup at them. Yeah. And so then Dan was Superman. I, I feel like Superman's biceps would be cans of soup. <laughs> <laughs> what, what what would yours be? Oh, I don't know. Um, I can't think of one. I mean, well, I've actually given this a lot of thought that <laughs> I don't think. <laughs> but like in the past, I'm like, I don't think I would want to be invisible because then I would just be too tempted to like. Be, oh, I know. My superpower would be to take money from like Jeff Bezos, people who like hoard wealth and then redistribute it. That would be pretty cool if I could just like wealth distribution girl. Yeah. I mean, that's not that like funny, but (laughs) well, well, thanks, Rachel. (laughs) (laughs) No, I wasn't saying you're not funny. I was saying you're going to be great. Let's hear another song that Flower Bomb has selected for us. This is Color Palette. I'm the gate of the door. 
That was Color Palette with a track called Change Your Mind from the album Shed Your Skin that came out in 2019. Color Palette, who, when I describe them to people, I say they're like the tastiest fizzy beverage into uh, an indie rock format. Making that vaporwave sound really good, and I feel contractually obligated to mention that we hosted them on the Kennedy Center's Millennium Stage back in 2017. That video is still up on YouTube, so go watch that. Flower Bomb, how'd you get to know Color Palette? And what do they mean to you? Oh, man. Can I take this one? Please. All right. Thing about them was that we got asked to play their this record release show, this EP from that song. And the guy's name is Jay, and I've never met him before. And something happened in 2016. I started listening to Hippocampus and all these other bands that are very much like color palette and i'm all about it i like love it it makes me just like you guys said it's like poppy fizzy sort of band i love that you know but when we get to play with bands like color palette it's like where i'm just like oh man i'm so excited and we played really well uh we played with the album art behind us i remember just walking out of shows like that was the best show ever and two of our friends met each other that night and they're now engaged and they're having a baby wow so like that was like a very <laughs> special show, like a very close friends of ours. And they're like, yeah, we met at that color palette show. I was like, you mean that flower bomb show? <laughs> <laughs> so is the baby going to be named flower bomb or color palette? No, I actually don't know, but I can, I'll find out for you as I'll email you. <laughs> there you go. But yeah, but that like what a magical, just what a, ma- how everything just sort of happened. So when I think of color palette, not only does their music make me happy, but that memory makes me happy. It was just, yeah, it was a really magical night. Cool. Flower Bomb, if we looked through each of your phones right now, what's something we'd find that would embarrass you? <laughs> oh, that's like, <laughs> I need to think about that. I'm sure there's something. Feel free to pull out your phone. Oh, I turned it off. I turned mine off too, but I'll tell you this because okay. I do this. Oh, wow. What a, what an out. <laughs> no, no, I did, but no, I'm ready. I'm oh, ready. Oh, he has it. Oh, yeah, yeah. I, but I, I'm obsessed with um, Keanu Reeves, like obsessed before the whole Keanu Reeves thing started happening, FYI. Um, so <laughs> like for years, years and years and years. So basically, the most embarrassing thing that I wouldn't want anybody really to see was that um, I told Rachel, I said, hey, when we record these songs, I think we should have an ambience in the room. And she's like, well, what are you thinking? I was like, I think I should buy 20 of these candles. And they're like $25 candles, by the way. They had <laughs> basically Canaries as Jesus Christ on these candles. They're like $25. So I told Rachel and I <laughs> kept sending her not one, not two but like seven of these candles. <laughs> I think it's kind of embarrassing. I don't know why I even told you guys this, but I spent a lot of time basically cropping photos of canneries and sending it to people. And I basically <laughs> have a folder of just canneries things on my phone. Oh my God. This is a true story, by uh, the way. Super this true. This literally happened like two days ago. <laughs> <laughs> um, I don't know. I'm sure I have like something more embarrassing. Um, sometimes after therapy, I cry. A lot, as people do, and I think it's really funny. So I will take videos, and I have a lot of crying videos after therapy. And I actually used one for Flower Bomb promo because I thought it was funny. So I guess I'm not that embarrassed by it, but maybe I should be. So are you using real therapy tears 
for social media posts. <laughs> yes, it's genuine, I promise. And that is almost taking us to the end of this episode of the Loose Listening Party. We want to once again thank our friends at the Loose Foundation Center in the Smithsonian American Art Museum. Please go check them out. The Smithsonian American Art Museum and its Renwick Gallery are now open to the public. Please check out americanart.si.edu slash visit for more information. We want to thank Flower Bomb for being our guest. We are very, very uh, happy that we could play some of this music for everybody. And we're so happy that your album is out. Do you guys have shows coming up? Is there anything that you want to let the audience know about that we should be on the lookout for you? Yeah, absolutely. Well, first, um, I just want to say that if you want to order our vinyl, T-shirts, CDs, etc., cetera, uh, you can do that at mutineerrecords.com. Uh, we have all of our merch and stuff up there. And then, yes, we do have some shows coming up in October and December. Um, October 5th, we're playing DC9. October 27th, we're playing Pie Shop. And December 2nd, we're playing at the Pocket. And we're super excited to get to connect with people in that way again. Where should the fans follow you on the social medias? Yeah, you can follow us. Uh, our handle is Flower Bomb Band on everything. What else? TikTok. Oh, TikTok. TikTok is Flower Bomb Rachel because it's my personal. <laughs> Bandcamp is flowerbombband.bandcamp.com. Follow us on Spotify. So we're going to play one last song. From the Pretty Dark album, this is the song, I believe, that uh, closes the album. Uh, it's simply entitled Two. And uh, before we hear that song and say goodbye, folks, I just want to ask Flower Bomb a two-part question about this song, too. Uh, one, why is it called Two? That's a great question. Great question. Um, so, actually, the song that closes out side A of the record is called Boys. And originally, Two was part two of the song Boys, and we called it Boys 2. They're both very um, different takes during different times of my life on dating men or boys or, how you know. Um, and so we had Boys 1 and Boys 2. And then as things developed more, we were like, I feel like it's just got to be two. Like, it's it's more simple to the point. And I think it's it's cool because... Both of them close out the record, and so I think it it starts conversations like these rather than kind of spelling it out for everyone, and I think that's really cool. Learning that the song is about boys segues to the second part of my question, which uh, involves the song's lyric, I don't like boys, I just fall in love with them. Can you say more about this emotional conundrum? What is, what is the story here? Yeah, um, so this song was like, really about me coming into my queer identity and like it's about the intersection between queerness and trauma and so I think that's something that's like a really like complex and difficult thing to talk about because you don't want to paint like queerness as something that comes from a bad place but I think it's important to talk about the ways in which which identity can be shaped by your life experiences so yeah I think it was just this kind of realization of like as I was dating men in my past that I felt I was continually having the same kind of like gender-based trauma happen repeatedly. And, and I was like, I don't, I don't like boys. And I started to question really like, do I 
do I like men? Do I like boys? Or or am I just addicted to this cycle of trauma that is the only thing that I know? And when I started dating women and non-binary people, I didn't have that same experience. Um, and so, yeah, I think the song is just really about about all of that. And that's what that line kind of encompasses. It sounds like you're really doing the work. <laughs> I myself feel like, why fall in love when you can fall asleep instead? But that's just me. <laughs> I love sleeping. All right. One more time. Thank you, Flower Bomb, for joining us. Guys, this has been awesome. By yeah, the way, thank just you so say, much. This has been great. This is really cool. It's a really cool interview. And of course, thank you, Tony. Thank you, Paul. And we'll, and we'll see you all, see you next, all time. Next, time. next time. Oh